thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. It is a thrill to feed on the Word, and we're so glad you've joined us for this time. We have been taking our cues from what the Spirit of God led us to do about teaching on the mind, teaching on the renewing of the mind, and who we are in Christ is involved in that. Amen. Amen. And so we've used as our golden verse for all these episodes, and we're going to keep using it. We've used 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. So we invite you, get your Bibles, get a notepad, because I'm expecting for answers and help to come for you. And you know what? As God gives you light, write it down. Why? Because everything He speaks to us, we want to become doers of that. Amen. And so again, we're going to read out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 7. The King James translation says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but He has given us that of power. How many of you know that's also authority? He's given us power. He's given us love, the love of God, but He has also given us a sound mind. A sound mind is part of your inheritance in Christ. Thank God for healing. Thank God for prosperity and victory. But don't leave out a sound mind. What is a sound mind? It's a mind that carries with it the thoughts of God. Amen. It takes on God's way of thinking. And uh, we're told that in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so that's what's going to transform you. And how many of you know that's a process? It's not going to happen overnight. We have to be faithful toward the Word, not just to read it, but to feed on it, meditate on it, so that we can become better doers of it. I love something that uh, George Mueller, he made a statement of uh, in his writings. And now George Mueller was a man who was, he was a minister in Bristol, England in the 1800s. And uh, he, he pastored a local church. He traveled and preached, but he also raised up, he's primarily known for the orphanages that he raised up there in Bristol, England. At the time of his death, he could handle 2,500 orphans in his orphanages at one time. And I heard one report that said in his lifetime that he cared for over 100,000 orphans that came through his, through his ministry. And um, so this was a man of bold faith. He was a man of growing faith. And one of the things it said that it was said of him that he made his priority every day feeding on the Word and spending time with God in prayer. 
That was, that was the, the secret to success is how he treated the word. Yeah. That he was, listen, his schedule was full. When you got 2,500 children's yeah. running around, yeah. you know, of course he wasn't giving the immediate care, but it was his faith that took the lead yeah. in supporting all of this. Yeah. And so by faith, these orphan homes were funded and they were all under his oversight. So you know his schedule was full, but they said he made feeding on the word his priority. What was he doing? He was renewing his mind. And as he renewed his mind to the word of God, what great feats that were accomplished through his life and ministry. Listen, that's what God has for every single one of us in some way within the plan that he has for us that, that much fruit come out of it. And I tell you what, to have much fruit, we have to have a renewed mind, a renewed mind. Uh, What's a renewed mind? It means that we are feeding on the word of God and taking the thoughts of God. But George Mueller said this about his time of studying the word. He said, I don't read through the word. He says, I meditate through the word. What's that mean? He's not just checking, reading through his chapters and checking it off. He's getting that word in him. He's thinking of that, thinking deeply into that word. He's pondering it. He's letting the thoughts of the word uh, turn over and over in his mind. That's how you drive the, the word into your spirit because the mind is the gateway to the spirit. So you have to meditate on the word, getting it into your thought life. Meditating on it drives it down into your spirit. And that's why one of the keys he said was to his success. He did not just read through the Bible to check done for today, but he meditated it to get it in him so that he could move further in doing that word every day. And such great fruit came out of it. That's how great fruit, our lives will bear great fruit too. Remember what Jesus said in John 15? He said, if, my, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Not just visiting, they abide. They're rooted. James called it this. He said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Listen to this. He didn't say, uh, receive with meekness the red word. It's not just reading the word. Yeah, you got to read it to get it engrafted, but the reading is not the completion of the task. (laughs) Amen. You got to get it. We've got to get it in us. And uh, to get it in us, we cast down every thought that's in opposition to it. Amen. When a thought opposes what the Word of God says, we cast it down. Why? Because we want God's Word engrafted, not doubt, not worry engrafted. Amen. And so these are things we have to be aware of. That is our privilege for the rest of our life to renew our minds. That can only happen as we give the Word first place. Amen. You say, well, I'm awfully busy. Well, George Mueller was awfully busy. Amen. And I don't even really like the word busy. I like the word full. His life, his days were full. Because you can be busy and get nothing done. I've done that. I've been busy all day and go, I don't even know what I got done because I was so busy. I want to be fruitful that day, full with fruitful things. Amen. And so uh, that's part of a sound mind. Is a renewed, That's the flow of a sound mind, is a renewed mind. And so when you're renewing your mind, You're finding out, number one, who you are in Christ. Number two, you're finding out what belongs to you because you're in Christ. And number three, you're finding out what you can do because you're in Christ. 
Amen. Amen. Now, I said it on the previous episode, but I want you to, I want to say it again to you because some might not have heard what we were talking about on the previous one. And that is the way to make great strides in your spiritual development is to feed on the truths of in Christ. Who are you in Christ? That means you find the verses that show you who you are in Christ and what belongs to you because you belong to him. So on our website, we give a complete list of that. We've, we've, uh, we've put out there all the scriptures in one compiled document. You can go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and you can download that for free. And I believe what you do, you go to the store. Is that right? You, there's, a, there's a button there that you click that says store and you find it under the store icon. So you go there and you can follow the prompts and you can have that downloaded and you can download it to, to your device. You can also print that out and then you can carry it with you. Feed on that. That's going to uh, that's going to change your life in such a way that it, it'll be remarkable. One woman said, she said, since I started feeding on in him scriptures and found out who I was in Christ, she said, it's almost like I'm born again again. <laughs> well, it wasn't. She's finding out what, what had been hers all along. And when you find out what's yours in Christ, you stop putting up with things that aren't yours. Yeah. Amen. And you drive those things back and Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, we see something in this verse that says, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The Amplified Classic of that verse says that God disarmed the principalities. That means they're no longer armed. He disarmed them. Well, then what does he have left? The only thing the enemy has left is the power of suggestion. He suggests a wrong thought, a troubling thought, a fearful thought, a doubtful thought, a worried thought, a panic thought. He suggests that. But just because he suggests it doesn't mean you have to accept it. Doesn't mean you have to receive it into your thought life. How do you receive it? You take that thought and you turn it over in your thought life and you think about it. You don't have to receive it. Well, what happens when those thoughts come? You answer them. You say, that's not my thought. I'm not taking that. Amen. Amen. You speak the word to it. You answer that thought with the word. But here it says in the Amplified Classic of Colossians 2 verse 15, it says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged, that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them, triumphing over them in, in him, in what Jesus did, and in it, the cross. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Jesus stripped defeated, utterly destroyed uh, the devil and his kingdom. And you say, well, if he's destroyed, then how come he is trying to trouble my thought life? Well, he's destroyed, but he's not yet imprisoned. One day he'll be imprisoned and he'll be cut off from human contact. But until then, you enforce the victory that Jesus won for us. Amen. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 4 through 6, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, look at this, hath quickened us. He made us alive. That's what that means, quickened. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Verse 6. And He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Well, when Jesus was raised from the dead, Ephesians 1.20 tells us that he was raised far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Not barely above, far above. So that's where we're seated, far above opposition. That's who you are in Christ. That's what belongs to you because you're in Christ. We are seated with Christ. We share the same seat of authority he occupies. His authority is our authority. It's a shared authority. Why? Because he's the head and he's the body and we're the body and the head and the body sit in the same seat, not two different seats. The seat of authority that he occupies is the same seat of authority we occupy. Amen. And our authority will work for us. People are saying, well, I'm waiting for God to do something for me. He did. He raised you. He seated you in that seat of authority. Now use that authority. He authorized you to use that authority. Now see, this is what you have to find out. This, and if you don't find it out, the devil's pushing you around when he shouldn't be pushing you around. Now this is what Paul in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, starting around verse 17, he prayed this. He said that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He said, you need wisdom and you need revelation. Notice this, when you get revelation, you also need to have wisdom of how to handle that revelation. He said that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of him. Well, what's it mean in the knowledge of him? What's Paul mean by that? That we would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he goes on and says this, that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, the eyes of your spirit Mm -hmm. or the eyes of of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What's the hope of his calling? Who you are in Christ. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is that? What belongs to you because you're in Christ. Amen. 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 You may know the riches of the glory of of your inheritance in Christ. And then not not only that, that uh, that you may understand that there's power that belongs to you when you believe that. Amen. Amen. So basically, Paul is saying this. This is what summing up what that prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, starting with verse 17. He said that you'd have wisdom and revelation about who you are in Christ, what belongs to you because you're in Christ, and what you can do because you're in Christ. The power that's available to you. Amen. The power that's yours. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is a renewed mind, this is a sound mind that knows these things. Amen. Amen. Now I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. We've gone to a lot of scriptures today and uh, I hope you take note of them. They'll be a blessing to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. And Paul was writing this. He said, but of him, this is God's doing, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. See, this is God did this for us. This is his great doing. He put us in Christ, but of him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. So the spirit of God, when we were born again, the spirit of God brought us into this flow of being, we're new creatures in Christ. Amen. Amen. This was God's plan. I said, this was God's great plan to bring us one in Christ. And God has made unto us wisdom. What is the wisdom that's referred to here? 
what we were talking about that Paul, that Paul was talking about in Ephesians 1. Who you are in Christ, what you have because you're in Christ, and what you can do because you're in Christ. Now, you need to learn those things. In fact, I'm going to have the studio audience say it with me. You say it with me at home. Number one, who you are in Christ, what belongs to you because you're in Christ, and number three, what you can do because you're in Christ. Get that on the inside of you. That's what you need to be renewing your mind in. That'll affect your health. That'll affect your finances. That'll affect your peace. It'll affect every arena. Amen. Know this. You don't have to fight the devil. You don't have to defeat him. He's already defeated. Amen. What is our role as enforcing his defeat? We fight the good fight of faith. Amen. We're not fighting the devil. You're no match for the devil. It took Jesus to do that. And Jesus did it. So we don't try to engage in something that we can't do of our own. Jesus already won. There's no reason to fight that fight again. You can't fight it again. You're not assigned that fight. You're assigned the good fight of faith. Notice this. You're not just assigned the fight of faith. People are just fight, 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 fight. Listen, if you fight with an unrenewed mind, you're going to get beat up in that fight. (laughs) A renewed mind uh, is a good fight. The good fight of faith. Notice it says it's a good fight of faith. Why, it, why does he call the fight of faith a good fight? Because that's the fight you win. Yes. That's the winning fight. Yeah. Don't get in the wrong fight. Yeah. Don't get in the fight of the mind. Yes. Don't get in the fight of emotions, the fight of feelings, the fight of doubt, the fight of worry, the fight of fear. That's not the fight you're called to. You're called to fight the good fight of faith. And I could say this, what's, in, what's included in the good fight of faith is a, is a fight of words. You understand that? The good fight of faith includes the fight of words. That when the devil suggests something, you fight those words with what? With the word of God. You answer it. If you don't answer it, you're not fighting the good fight of faith. Because the good fight of faith is, is a fight of words. Amen. When he threatens you with something, you answer it with the word. When he suggests something, you answer it with the word. When symptoms come, you answer it with the word. When lack tries to come, you answer it with the word. That is fighting the good fight of faith. That is how you enforce the victory that Jesus has made yours. Amen. I love that he says it's a good fight. Why? Because when you engage in this fight, it always comes out right. Amen. What's the good fight? You remind the devil, you're defeated. You've been so whipped. You are so whipped. You are so far beneath me. This opposition is so far beneath the authority that is mine. Amen. Boast of who you are in Christ and always remind the devil how defeated he is. Sometimes in the mind of some people, the devil's this great big fella and, and God's some little bitty fella over here. No, 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 no. God is great. All through the word, he's called great. Not just large, he's called great. Amen. And the devil is a defeated foe. You need to think of him as a defeated foe. When symptoms come, these are defeated. These are defeated symptoms. When light comes, this is a defeated flow. Amen. You don't have to get your, you don't have to get your victory. Jesus got it for you. Amen. And the devil will try to get you thinking you've got to get something. No, you don't have to get it. It's already yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, some people, uh, 
they open the door to the devil by sitting back and waiting for God to do something. Now get that. They open the door to the devil by sitting back and waiting for God to do something. Listen, God already did something. <laughs> he raised you. He, you were crucified with Christ, buried with him and raised with him and seated with him. Amen. Amen. So he handed full authority to you and says, now you can use it anytime you need it. You don't have to wait to feel something. You don't have to wait to be in church. You don't have to wait before you sense the anointing on you. You don't have to wait till you sense the presence of God. Just start, It's yours for 24 hours a day. That authority is yours to use. Amen. Amen. So some Christians go through tests and trials that they shouldn't have just because they didn't stand their ground. Yeah. They did not exercise their authority. Amen. Amen. They, didn't, they didn't exercise their authority over the, over the world, mm-hmm. over the devil, mm-hmm. and over the flesh. Mm-hmm. See, that's what our, our authority works over the world, mm-hmm. over the devil, and over the flesh. Mm-hmm. Amen. Do you know sometimes you got to talk to your body? Say, you're not doing that anymore. Yes. You're done with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. you gotta, you should, there have been times I have talked to my thoughts I have talked to him from, from my heart. I said, no, 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 you're not. I speak peace to my mind. I will not accept that troubling of the mind. Mind, you will not be troubled. You will not grasp. You will not panic. You're a sound mind. I mean, I talk to it. You got to learn to talk to things. You know, so much of the time we, we teach about talking to God, praying, and we should. I mean, it's appropriate, but you got to teach people how to talk to the devil. We talk to God in fellowship, but we talk to the devil in authority. We're not, yeah. we're not conversing with him. We're not even giving him a chance to talk. You know, Jesus's policy of dealing with the devil, shut up and come out. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up and come out. That's how much talking he let him do. When people came and they were oppressed or possessed by the devil, Jesus yeah. says, shut up and come out. Yeah. What did he do? Authority. Yeah. That's how you talk to the devil, in authority. Amen. Tell that thought, shut up and come out. You're not going in my mind. And get out the house too. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't let it hang out in your room and you just, you're just harassed and troubled by it. Tell yeah. that spirit of fear that spoke that thought to leave the room. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. When we fail to exercise our authority, when we fail to take our stand, we open the door to the enemy. But when we stand up and use our authority, we close the door to the devil. Amen. Amen. Like I said, some are waiting for God to do something for them. But go over with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and I want us to look at verse 19. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. When, you're, when people think and they, well, see, if you're not taught right, you think God's in control of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's in control of everything in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it said, the word says that the earth he's turned over to, to the children of men. Mm-hmm. Listen, remember what Jesus prayed when he was teaching his disciples to pray? He said, uh, Father, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. If everything was under his control on earth, why would Jesus pray that? Why would Jesus pray, Father, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. If, if God was in control of everything on the earth, why would Jesus pray that? Because he was saying, your will is carried out in heaven. Now we invite your will to be carried out in earth with the authority we have on the earth. 
See, he's given the authority to men. Adam lost the authority. Jesus gave it back. (laughs) We gave our authority back. Amen. Amen. So we invite the will of God. We invite the plan of God because God's not automatically in control until we invite him. And that's what Jesus was doing when he was on the earth in his earthly ministry. He said, Father, your will that's being done in heaven, we invite that to be done on the earth because you've authorized us. Now, see, uh, you're the custodian of your own life. Now, you have to invite God. You have to uh, use your authority and invite God's power by saying no to what isn't of God and saying yes to what is of God. Does that make sense to you? Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus was speaking here and he said, Behold, I give unto you power. What's that mean, authority? I give unto you authority. He didn't say this. He's not even referring to God in this authority. He's talking about you and your authority. I give unto you power or authority to tread on or step over. Mm. Step over serpents and scorpions. Don't sit and mess with serpents and scorpions. What is that? That's uh, that's devices of the enemy. Attacks of the enemy. The way he moves, the way he tries to bite and, and, and confuse and strike and... Don't don't sit there and get entertained with it and and stop and and get awed by that they're there. Step over them and keep going. That's what he's saying. I give you, I authorize you to step over that which tries to stop your progress, hinder your progress, slow you down. He said, I I authorize you to step over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, anything that tries to trouble you. And when you're doing that, nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you're stepping over things instead of stopping and being impressed and letting it take all your attention. If you step over something and keep going, you put it behind you. Yeah, that's right. It's not in your attention. You know, if there was a, a big stick in the way that you're, you're maybe, you know, hiking up a mountain or something and there's a big stick in your way, you don't stop and go, oh my goodness, I got to stop. There's a stick. No, you step over it and you keep going. And somebody may say to you, you remember how big that stick was? What stick? Why, you stepped over it and kept going because you would not leave your attention on the stick. Well, even so, there's, this is where so many Christians miss it is anything that opposes them, they give it their attention. That's not what he said to do with your authority. He said, step over that because the word tread on means step over. That's the, that's the, the dictionary definition of tread on. It's step over it. When you step over something, you put it behind you. You got your attention off of it. How many times did Jesus, we have record on several accounts, he turned his back to something. He turned his back to Satan. He turned his back to Peter and said, get behind me. Why? Get out of my attention. I will not hold you in my attention. You are not, that what is being said is not worthy of my attention. Why? Because what gets your attention gets your movement, gets movement in your life rather. You put your attention on God, he gets movement. You put your attention on the devil and what he's doing, he gets movement. Amen. Amen. What moves is what your attention's on. And that's what he's saying. I give you authority Mm -hmm. to step over, tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You're authorized. Don't wait for God to help you get that thing behind you. Step over it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been teaching out of a sound disciplined mind. I tell you, it'll be a blessing to you to get hold of this book. You can go to deframeministries.org. Let us know you want it. We'll send it right to you. And I tell you, it's not just one hearing that you get all this. Hear it. Feed on it over and over and over again. Amen. And until next time, we we want to remind you, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.